welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, friends. Welcome. Uh, today is a very special day. Uh, normally, we would be all at the church, and today is a special day, especially for our teachers. So whether you are uh, a teacher of an elementary school, high school, professor, um, even especially our very own Sabbath school teachers, whatever teacher you may be, today is a special day. We want to, number one, recognize you. Uh, for the hard work and the contributions that you make, not only in our church, but also in our local community. And as well, we want to pray for you. Uh, you know, especially even more so now, we need teachers. Uh, there are many things that, especially our kids uh, today, they need to learn and to grow. And I know, especially even right now, it's a very special time uh, learning how to shift and to pivot uh, how you teach methods. Uh, going from uh, being at home to doing all of this online is a special challenge. So what we would like to do, uh, normally we would invite you down uh, to be able to pray and to lay hands. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot do that. So uh, maybe perhaps if your family members uh, are there with you, if they could lay uh, their hand uh, on your shoulder. Let's take this time we want to dedicate and, and pray a prayer of blessing for you now. So let's pause. Gather around, and let's begin. Father in heaven, Lord, today we come uh, before you, Lord, and we lift up our teachers, Lord, from our very own Sabbath school teachers, whether it's adult or children's, youth and, and young adult, Lord, to our, our teachers who teach in elementary, junior high, high school, college, and as well as that of our, our technical schools and all the many different teachers that are out there, Lord. We pray a special prayer, a blessing, and also, Lord, we dedicate uh, these teachers to you for this next year. And Lord, as well, we pray especially for wisdom, for empathy, compassion, and love and understanding, and as well strength, but especially that of wisdom to know how to navigate as a teacher during these special times. God, we thank you for these wonderful people who've dedicated their lives to teaching. It's not an easy profession. And as well, sometimes it's easy to be overlooked or maybe even to go by uh, without thanks. But we recognize and we thank all of these teachers for their hard work. So be with them now, and may this next year be a blessing, not only for their students, but for them as teachers as well. And may they grow together, watch over, lead, and guide them. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thank you, everyone, for all of your hard work, for, those, for all of you who are teachers. We appreciate and value. May the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. My first story today is actually that of uh, a teacher. There was a teacher who was teaching uh, a bunch of six-year-olds. And, and some of the, the students were uh, refugees. 
And, and so they, they'd gone into class, and one particular day, they were, the topic was that of fractions. Now, I don't know about you, but six-year-olds teaching fractions, that kind of seems a little new, but I don't know. I don't remember when I learned fractions, but I think it was probably around the third or fourth grade, not the, not the first grade. So anyways, maybe they're just exceptional. That being said, uh, the teacher started to explain and, and, and try to differentiate what it meant between uh, one half and one quarter. And she used uh, an illustration of a chocolate bar. And, and so she divided up the chocolate bar into a quarter. And, and she actually had several bars. And then the second bar, she broke it in half. And so then she asked her students, which one would they prefer? Would they prefer the half bar or the bar that the piece that uh, the quarter piece of the chocolate bar and so all of the students they went around and for the most part you know where this is going all the students for the most part said oh i want the half bar because they want the biggest piece possible right i mean kids love chocolate i love chocolate i love chocolate but one of the young students who was who was a refugee said i i want a quarter piece chocolate and the teacher said are you sure and she said no I because that way if I only take a quarter that means somebody else can have my other half of the quarter and the teacher paused and realized wow perspective having compassion being able to share with one another and that teacher as well was forever changed that day a simple lesson taught by a six-year-old that of sharing and having compassion with one another. Today is a special day because we're also talking about uh, being neighbors. How can we show compassion with one another? And so what is compassion? Merriam-Webster writes that compassion is the sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Someone also wrote, the, me- the meaning of compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and then take action to help. Compassion embodies a tangible, a real, a tangible expression of love for those who are suffering. And when we look through scripture, there, there's a number of uh, verses that have to relate to compassion. For instance, in Proverbs 31, 8 through 9, it says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And as well, 1 John 3, verse 18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Be able to preach, but also act on your words. And as well, Zechariah 7, 9 through 10 says, This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. And when we look through the Gospels, uh, even Jesus himself, uh, how many people did he have especially compassion for and heal the sick, the wounded, uh, and as well, we uh, are reminded of the story where Jesus feeds the 5,000 because he had compassion on them. And as well in Luke 7, where he, he defends and restores the dignity of a woman. And as well in, uh, I think it's Acts 3, where Peter and John heal a man who was lame. 
And one of the, the most famous stories of all, that of Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son where the father, when he sees his son in the distance walking towards him, he runs to him and he has compassion on him. Now, this month we've been looking at the story of uh, the, the Good Samaritan, where there's a lawyer. He's trying to justify himself. And, and he talks about basically how can, how can he earn his salvation. And Jesus relates a story where there's a, a, a Jewish man. He's walking and he's attacked and he's beaten up and he's basically left for dead. And in the stories, as we've recounted in the last couple of weeks, where a priest and a Levite, both religious figures, are walking by, they see this person, and they walk on the other side of the road, avoiding him. And yet, it's the Samaritan, a man who is prejudiced against. They, uh, there's no love lost between Samaritans and Jews. It is him. In fact, in verse 30, 33, it says, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, he came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Others would say having compassion on him. He went to him, he bandaged his own wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey. He brought to him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, he gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have. So, one of the things that I love about the story is the Samaritan, regardless of any normal uh, social or cultural norms, he chose to disregard those and to help somebody who was in need. And so one of the things that we have to remember is that compassion, compassion moves us to seek action. In fact, the the word that uh, is compassion here is uh, splag, oh man, splag, splag, no my, all right? In fact, if you were to to break that down, it basically says to be moved in inward parts, your stomach, are you, your heart and your, and your stomach, does it move you, does it spur you to action, to feel compassion for those who are in need? And so we also see that the, the, the Samaritan, he cast aside the prejudice and helped the man who was in need. Something that, compassion is not something that we can ignore when we see somebody who's in need. And as well, we're reminded, especially the, the, Jew, the, the priest and the Levite should have remembered Micah 6.8 where he writes, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to live with integrity, to do the right thing and to love mercy, to be compassionate, to be empathetic, to be loving, And to walk humbly with your God. Justice or integrity. Mercy or love and humility. Three characteristics that I may would say should certainly embody the Christian's life. The faithful follower of God. The priest and Levite chose to disregard those things. And just to continue on. Maybe they had a meeting to get to. I I don't know. Scripture doesn't say. But Jesus is making a point that 
in order to love our neighbor, our love should not be limited to our people group, but those outside of, and those, especially those who are in need. Leo Buscalia writes, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential to turn a life around. Small acts, when they add up, make a huge difference in people's life. Spending time with one another in the daily or however weekly interactions that you have with a person can change a life, especially those of a young life who who need mentoring, who need to be cared for. To share and to, to love and to help one another, even if it's a small thing, is a big thing. Much like You know, if you've been married long enough as well, the big things, the anniversaries and the birthdays, that's all great. But it's the daily interaction of calling one another, saying, I love you, or uh, putting action to those words is what strengthens and helps a person to grow. So, I guess the kind of one of the questions that we have to ask is how can we be compassionate. Well, the first thing is, number one, act on the compassion. When your stomach or your heart is seeing somebody and there's something that you can do, act on it. And as well, the second thing is to be to be generous. And when I say generosity, I don't necessarily mean money either. Although, you know, if, there, if there's a project or something that you can help give, sure, absolutely. But yet... There's other ways of being generous. There's other ways you can uh, spend time. Uh, Maybe you have resources. Maybe you have talents. And we've been talking about that. It's kind of been a theme where you have gifts. There are people who have gifts that I don't have. And as we talked, um, uh, I believe it was last week, we talked about how when building up community, maybe you have a special talent that can help in your own community or even here in the church. And if it helps one another, as, a, as an act of compassion, go and help. But as well, in spending time being generous, it's also important that we be present when we help one another. If we're just simply there, but yet not acting with presence, how effective can we be? We have to take time, especially, you know, uh, Every day, being present as your kids come home from school or maybe as you come home from work. Is your first instinct to be able to check on everybody or simply just to maybe take a little bit of time, get your presence and decompress? But are you present even within your own family? Take time, ask questions, get involved. How did your day go? And as indicated before as well, the fourth thing is that of be a mentor to others who are in need. There's a lot of individuals who who need to be, uh, who are seeking not just attention, but want to grow, but as well to be loved. 
And one of the biggest things that we can do is to be a mentor, whether it's to kids or, or um, you know, maybe a, maybe a colleague, a young person who's just starting out and they really don't know what they're doing. Or maybe there's some areas where they could help grow. Take initiative, have compassion, and help show the ropes to this person. It's because of mentors that I became a pastor. I saw and watched how they lived their lives and what they were doing in helping others. And I realized I wanted to be like them. Two very, very faithful youth pastors, uh, Rob Scortz, Roy Ice, and, and even John Owens, uh, another guy who also helped out for a year when I was in high school. These three guys set a precedent. And it was because of their mentorship that really helped pave the way of even um, how I look at the church and my desire uh, to want to help serve uh, was because of how they modeled uh, their walk, not only with God, but as well as how they cared for us. And finally as well, be grateful, especially for those who have been compassionate to you because we know when somebody's been compassionate to you, uh, <laughs> maybe you got away with something you probably shouldn't have, right? Um, maybe, uh, maybe the teacher curved that test pretty deep, right? Or maybe <laughs> you were on the side of the road and, and you needed to have your car jumped, whatever it may be. Remember those good acts of compassion and pay it forward. You know, we live in a time of deep unrest and the world needs the world needs a model of love and compassion. And I think God calls us to be that, to go and to serve, to love, to be compassionate. There's a story told of a, a young child who one of the things that his mom loved to do was to make breakfast for dinner. I always loved that. I loved having pancakes or waffles or maybe a breakfast burrito uh, for dinner. So there was one particular night, though, that his mom had come home and she had worked really, really hard that day and was tired. So she made breakfast and in doing so as well, she accidentally burnt the biscuits. They're really dry. Ever had a dry biscuit? Not the best flavor in the world. Yet, it was there. There was also eggs, and I believe there were some pancakes. And the child was watching, what was his dad going to do? So they all gathered together, got the eggs, got the pancakes, and his dad reaches for one of the burnt biscuits. He cuts it open, he slathers it with butter and, and, and jam, and he eats it. Doesn't give any hint of that he doesn't like it. In fact, it looked like he enjoyed it. And uh, all the while, the husband looks at his wife, he smiles and compliments and thanks her for the awesome meal that she made. Now later that night, mom came in, kissed him goodnight. And the father as well came in, wanted to say goodnight. And the child asked his dad, Dad, did you really, really, really love those burnt biscuits? And he said, you know what? Your mom worked very hard today. 
and she's really tired. Besides, a little burnt biscuit never hurt anyone. And there's a lot of perspective. We have to remember as well that people are not perfect. In fact, even when you're trying to be compassionate, they may just decide to uh, refuse your help. They may not be ready, or maybe they're they're you know they're very independent. They may refuse help. But yet people are not perfect, and we have to accept them for their imperfections. Just because I, for sure, am not perfect. But yet we live with uh, imperfect things. We live with imperfect people. Sometimes maybe we forget things, such as a birthday or an anniversary. Uh, we may forget. We may forget a piece of uh, uh, a key item for the picnic, right? Maybe somebody forgot the drinks. Um, yet we're called to minister and to love, to be compassionate. And at the end of the story of, of the Good Samaritan, Jesus asks the lawyer, which of these, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan, was a neighbor to the man who had been beaten and robbed? And, and as well, it's pointed out, the Samaritan. And yet, the, the, the lawyer couldn't even say Samaritan. So that's kind of be kind of going into a lead into next week where we're going to talk about how can we minister with cl- across cross cultural barriers. Again, our compassion should not be limited to those of our friends or our family or maybe our tribe, but to all of those throughout the world. And as Jesus says, go and do likewise in verse 37. Go and love, be compassionate. And love your neighbor. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to go into the word. And Lord, as we've looked at uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan, Lord, and how the Samaritan showed compassion to the one who had been robbed and beaten. May we, Lord, apply these lessons to our lives and use these lessons and, uh, and experience and practice them, especially this week, Lord. May we start that today. And as we go forth, Lord, uh, may we as well uh, be faithful to you. Please continue to lead and guide us. Watch over us. Uh, May we not have a, a spirit of fear, but that of courage. Help us to love well, to be empathetic. And as well, Lord, we pray in all things. We trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take care, everybody. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh Day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downychurch.org. God bless.